ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار we continue with the 40 hadith of al-imam an-nawawi rahimahullahu ta'ala the hadith of abdullah ibn umar radiyallahu anhuma and we arrive to the statement wahaj al-bayt and making pilgrimage to the house وفي رواية أخرى قدم صوم رمضان على الحج والحج لمن استطاع إليه سبيلا and you have another narration in which fasting in Ramadan is mentioned before the hajj but in this wording here hajj to the sacred house is mentioned before fasting in the month of Ramadan. And fat or the hajj is for the one who has the ability to make the hajj. If a person does not have the, the qudra, then he's not obligated to make the hajj. Or if a person is poor and the person does not have the means to make hajj, then the person does not have to make the hajj due to not fulfilling the requirements for making the hajj and likewise a woman if she doesn't have a mahram because the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam forbade that a woman she travels bidun a mahram la yajus so now if a woman she has the wealth she has the physical ability but she doesn't have a mahram the hajj is not obligated upon her The scholar, Afwan, Naam, how do you Jews? It's allowed for someone to pay for someone to go to Hajj, and it will count for the person as they made the Hajj, even though they didn't pay for it with their own money. Now, this is permissible. Tayyip, 
فنص على الاستطاعة فيه مع أن شرط الاستطاعة في جميع شرائع الدين لكن نص عليها في الحج لأن له استطاعة خاصة غير الاستطاعة المتعلقة في سائر الأعمال وهي المال الزائد عن حاجته إلى أن يرجع إلى أهله So here in the text there is the mentioning of capability and capability is a condition in all of the legislations of the deen the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he mentioned idha amartukum bi shay'in fa'tu minhu mastata'tum that when i command you to do something do of it as much as you're able to do like the prophet said صلي قائما فإن لم تستطع فقائدا فإن لم تستطع فعلى جنب إلى آخر الحديث. The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he said pray standing. If you can't pray standing, then pray sitting down. And if you can't pray sitting down, then pray lying down on your side. To the end of the narration. This shows that in Islam, the obligations that which Allah has obligated us to do and legislated for us to do. It is based upon like the qudra, the, the ability. If a person does not have the ability, then the individual is excused. Call Allah Azza wa Jal, La yukallifu Allahu nafsan illa wus'aha. That Allah does not burden the soul beyond the capability. And Allah Azza wa Jal mentions, Fattakullaha mastata'atum. Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, And fear Allah to the best of your ability. Naam. But in the, this text here, The wording ability is mentioned or is connected to the Hajj because there is an added affair as it relates to the Hajj and that is having extra wealth more than your needs until you return back to your family. Also, the physical capability that's important so you have al-qudra al-maliya and al-qudra al-badaniya you have the capability by way of the financial capability and then you have the physical uh, capability and the ulama they say وليست الراحلة شرط فيه على الصحيح and having a mount is not the is not a condition as it relates to the Hajj according to what's correct. The point is that the a person has the ability to get there and get back. Now the Hajj Barakallah Fikum is one of the affairs that unites the Ummah. And it shows the virtues of Islam. This is from the, the fawaid of Hajj. In Al Hajj Yajma al Ummah, the Hajj unites the Ummah, and the Hajj Yani Yudhir Mahasin al Islam. It displays the good aspects of the deen. Case in point, look at our brother, may Allah have mercy upon him, Malcolm X, Malik Shabazz. 
will open his eyes to the truth of Islam and the correct Islam is that when he went to make Hajj, he seen people of all colors there. And he realized that that which he had learned previously as it relates to Islam, that this was false. And that Islam was not restricted for the people of color. Rather, Islam is for all of mankind. As Allah Azza wa Jalla mentions, Ya ayyuhan nas, inna khulakunakum min dhakarin wa untha, wa ja'alnakum shu'uban wa qaba'ila lita'arafu, inna akramakum indallahi atqakum. O mankind, indeed we have created you from a man or from male and female. And we have made you into different tribes and nations so that you may know one another. And the best of you with Allah are those who have the most piety. So the color of the skin has nothing to do with anything. And when the people make hajj, everybody does the same thing. You see the men, they wear the ihram, everyone has like the same ihram. Right? And everyone is performing the rituals of hajj. And there is no big eyes and little use as it relates to the performance of the rituals of hajj. Everyone is obligated to make tawaf, everyone is obligated to make the, uh, the sa'i, and the, this going to arafat, everybody has to do this. Everyone who's making the hajj, they have to do this. So, barakallah feekum, one of the benefits of the hajj is it establishes the unity uh, of the Muslims. <coughs> And how the ummah is to be one ummah, worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone, following the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is from the benefits of hajj. And the hajj is, is one of the aspects of the deen that establishes outwardly the tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. From the talbiyah, labbayk, Allahumma labbayk, to the end. From the start of hajj until the end of the hajj. The ibadah lillahi azza wa jal. The worship is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. La sharika lah. There being no partners for him. Another point as it relates to the hajj. That the hajj, the one who makes the hajj. And he makes the hajj as the Prophet said. Al-hajj mabroor. Laysa lahu jaza'il al-jannah. Or kama qala sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That the correct hajj. And what's meant by the correct hajj? Al-hajj al-mabrur. The, the correct hajj is the hajj, yani, according to the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu Making hajj the way he made hajj. Right? With, without any uh, fighting and misbehaving and bid'ah and the likes, none of this stuff. But making hajj upon tawheed, making hajj upon the sunnah, this is the correct hajj. And there is no reward for it except for the paradise. And the one who makes the correct hajj, and he returns back like what? Who knows? Like a brand new baby. Like a brand new baby. No sins. The hajj, it erases all of the deed, the noob, all of the sins, the ma'asi. The hajj wipes it out. Clean slate. That's from the fadl of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon the hujaj, those who make the hajj. That Allah azza wa jal, He removes their sins from their slate. One should not procrastinate as it relates to the hajj. 
As soon as you have the ability to make hajj, you should make your hajj. Don't delay the hajj. Don't say when I get 60, or when I get older, then I'll make hajj. You have the time now, you have the wealth, you have the health, go. The Prophet said, اغتنم خمسن قبل خمس, right? Take advantage of five before five. شبابك قبل حرمك. Take advantage of your youth before your old age. وصحتك قبل مرضك. And take advantage of your health before your sickness, right? وفراغك قبل شغلك. Take advantage of your free time before you become preoccupied, right? Take advantage of your, your wealth, your richness before your poverty. And take advantage of your life before your death. So if Allah blesses you with wealth, blesses you with good health, and you have the time to make hajj, don't delay, go and make your hajj. What's sad is you find... Muslims, they travel all over the world for the siyaha, the uh, tourism and vacations. You look at their passport, Paris. Look at their passport, Mexico, Cancun. You look at their passport, this country, that country, this country. All for vacation and relaxation. But no hajj. If a person dies in that state, he's sinful because he had the opportunity to make hajj and he delayed it and then died without making the hajj. So this is a serious affair. One should not delay the matter of al-hajj. There is a, a narration From Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu an regarding those who abandon the performance of the Hajj. And Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu an, as we know, he was one of the rightly guided khulafa. He's one of the rightly guided khulafa. And Umar al-Khattab, one of his virtues, he was muhaddath. Meaning like a person who spoke and revelation Allah was sent down agreeing with the statement of Umar. And the Prophet Sallallahu mentioned that if there was a Prophet after him, لَكَانَ عُمَرُ It would have been Umar radiallahu an. So Umar radiallahu an, he has many virtues. He has many virtues. And there is a narration that Umar bin Khattab has made a statement that's extremely stern against those who abandon the Hajj. It says here, "Man ataq al-Hajj, falam yuhujj." 
فَسَوَاءٌ عَلَيْهِ يَهُودِيًّا مَاتَ أَوْ نَصْرَانِيًّا Umar bin Khattab radiyallahu an he stated whoever has the ability to make hajj and he did not make hajj there's no difference whether he dies as a Jew or Christian stern And what is the intent of the statement of Umar ibn Khattab? His statement is to rebuke and reprimand those who take this matter lightly of not making hajj. Because the Jews and the Christians, they cannot go into Mecca to make hajj. It's prohibited. So why does a person who is a Muslim who has the ability to make hajj, why does he stay back from making a hajj? He's not a Jew, he's not a Christian. It's upon him to go and make hajj. And do not be negligent. One may say, but the Prophet ﷺ did not make hajj the year the hajj became obligatory. As hajj became obligatory in the ninth year, of Hijrah, the Prophet ﷺ did not make Hajj that year, he made Hajj the next year. So they say, see, this is a proof that a person can delay the Hajj. Is this correct? Huh? No, that year, um, the conquest of Mecca had already took place. Yeah, the, the Muslims have Mecca. But the Prophet, he didn't go. He didn't go. Abu Bakr, he, he went and he led the people. Anyone knows why the Prophet didn't go that year? The scholars mentioned two reasons. Number one, the Mushrikun during that time was still making Hajj. They still came to make Hajj. And the Prophet وسلم, did not want to mix with them. And then during that year, Abu Bakr radiallahu an was given, uh, he was the leader, and then the Prophet sent Ali bin Abi Talib to make the declaration that no mushrik after this year can make hajj. And no one can go around the Kaaba naked anymore, that's it. That's one. Second reason, the wufool, the delegations that were coming into Medina. Right? As after the conquest of Mecca, the people started to accept Islam in groves. Right? And when the help and the victory of Allah comes, and you see the people enter into Islam in groves. So the Prophet is in Medina, the people started coming to Medina. So had he left, then he would not have been able to interact with the new Muslims who are coming. So the Prophet ﷺ had a justified reason as to why he didn't make Hajj in the ninth year. But he made Hajj the following year, and then that was the farewell Hajj. No. Say that again. Because uh, it was from the practice of the Prophet Ibrahim ﷺ to make the Hajj. And the people in, in that region, they made 
claims to be followers of Ibrahim alayhi salam. So this is for the reason why the people made Hajj, saying that they were following the Milla of Ibrahim alayhi salam. So with that being said, there were still people who were, did not accept Islam, but say they were followers of Ibrahim, making a Hajj. But they had with them the, the shirk. So after the ninth year, the Prophet wasallam forbade. And this is by the command of Allah, that no mushrik will be allowed to make Hajj after this year. And no one is allowed to go around the Kaaba naked. As this is what they used to do in the times of Jahiliyyah. And the men would carry the women and other than that from the indecent behaviors that they had in the pre-Islamic times of ignorance. Now, as for the narration, مَنْ لَمْ يَمْنَعْهُ عَنِ الْحَجِّ حَاجَةٌ ظَاهِرَةٌ أو سُلْطَانٌ جَائِرٌ أو مرض حابس فمات ولم يحج فليمت إن شاء يهوديا وإن شاء نصرانيا. This narration it says عن أبي أمامة قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ولكن الحديث ضعيف. The hadith is weak. You cannot ascribe this to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم. The meaning is Whoever has not been prevented from making hajj by an outward need or a corrupt ruler or a sickness that uh, held him up from making the hajj and then he died not making the hajj, then let him die if he wills as a Jew or if he wills as a Christian. The narration is da'if. It's not to be said that the Prophet ﷺ said that. But what is correct is that which is on Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu an. And again, his statement is for the purpose of reprimanding. Reprimanding those who uh, did not make hajj and had the ability to make hajj. And he used this wording as a means of a deterrent. Now we move on to the last matter of the hadith was Saum Ramadan and fasting in Ramadan. And as we know, Ramadan is upon us. And we say, Allahumma balligna Ramadan, O Allah, allow us to reach Ramadan. And the Salaf. They used to make dua six months. Sita ashur qabla Ramadan. Allahumma balligna Ramadan. Allahumma balligna Ramadan. They used to say, Oh Allah, allow us to reach Ramadan. And then once Ramadan would come and they fast, six months after Ramadan, they would be making dua, Oh Allah, accept, and Allahumma taqabbal minna siyamana wa qiyamana and the likes. So Allah, accept from, from us our of fasting in our prayers. Yes, Waikum Sarah. There are many. There are many du'as. Definitely one will not be able to sit in one class and mention all of the du'as 
of the Prophet ﷺ, you have books that deal with the athqar and the du'as, and they have volumes like this, volumes written on this topic, the different du'as. And this, in this barakallah fikum, it shows the completeness of the deen that for every aspect of life, there's athqar, there's du'a to make. There's a, there's a means of worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that affair. So it's upon an individual to uh, strive to learn the athqar and the du'as that the Prophet ﷺ, he made and he taught us now. The fasting in the month of Ramadan or fasting period, the word sawm is al-imsak, to refrain from something. This is, the legis- this is the linguistic meaning of fasting, to refrain from something, to withhold. As it relates to the ma'na shari, at-ta'abud lillah subhanahu wa ta'ala bil-imsak an al-akl wa-shurb wa-sa'il al-mufattirat min tulu' al-fajri ila gurub al-shams. This is the legislated meaning of fasting. It is an act of worship. And this is the first matter. Fasting is ibadah. We must understand this. When Ramadan comes, we're not fasting to lose weight. That's a side benefit. Okay? That's a side benefit. Some people say, oh yeah, I'm going to lose a lot of weight this Ramadan. But make sure that first and foremost, before you're worrying about the losing of the weight, that the focus is that this is an act of ibadah. This is worship. Again, the losing of the weight and the health benefits from fasting, these are secondary affairs. You know, and this is from the virtues of Allah that there are health benefits in fasting. But one should not fast solely just for the health benefits. Because if you're fasting only for the health benefits, then that's all you get. You have not really fasted Ramadan. The Prophet ﷺ mentioned, إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالِ بِالنِّيَاتِ that indeed the actions are based upon the intentions. So what is your intention for fasting? Right? Are you fasting for Allah as an act of worship or are you fasting to lose the, the weight? Huh? You know, your wife, she said, you know, you're a little on the heavy side, brother. You need to go to the gym and then, yeah, I'm going to start fasting Mondays and Thursdays now. Not because... Ibadah, but to lose weight. The siyam, you know. Khafil wazin. La la la, abadah. So one should make sure, don't let the shaitan corrupt your niyyah. Because you know, even though that is something good that comes from fasting, but that's not the goal or the intent behind the fast. That's just one of the benefits of fast. The, the scholars, they mention... That fasting is an act of worship that is for Allah by refraining from eating and drinking and the rest of the things that break the fast from the appearance of the dawn to the setting of the sun. Some have the understanding that the time from uh, the time of refraining from food is when the sun rises. That's incorrect. The time starts as soon the break of dawn. Soon as the dawn crack, Fajr is in. Fajr is in. Afwan. Uh, the Fajr is in, Nam. 
but this is the time you begin the fasting. Some people, and I've seen this, Fajr's and people already pray, pray Fajr. A brother wakes up late, he says, oh, the sun didn't rise yet, and he takes suhoor. <laughs> no, the suhoor time is over. The time for suhoor is in the couple of Fajr, not after the Fajr has entered. And if you overslept, then you missed out. But you don't say, oh, but the sun hasn't risen and the dawn has entered. So that is the time for the fast. من طلوع الفجر إلى غروب الشمس. So from the crack of dawn until the time the sun sets, and this is another thing. We have people who make a mistake in this regard, and that is they wait until it's like nighttime to break their fast. They say this is a precautionary measure. No, this is incorrect. If this is the shams or the sun, as soon as the disk of the sun disappears beyond the horizon. Maghrib is in, you can break your fast. Even though it's still light, because when the sun goes beyond the horizon, the the light of the sun is still there. But if you look to the west, then you'll see the nighttime coming. If you look to the east, you'll see the nighttime coming. So the sun sets in the west, and then you look to the east, you see the darkness coming. The, 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 the time of fasting is over. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned, لَا تَزَالْ أُمَّتِي عَلَى خَيْرٍ مَا عَجَّلُوا الْفِطْرِ كما قال صلى الله عليه وسلم, That this my nation will not cease to be upon good as long as they hasten to break the fast. Meaning, breaking the fast as soon as Maghrib comes in. Don't delay And say, okay, we're waiting for the stars to come. Okay, all right, it's night time, now eat. No, this is... Well, in that case, we, we go upon that which is predominantly overwhelming, we believe that the sun has set. And if there are trusted schedules, we can go according to the schedules. In the time of the Prophet ﷺ, it was cloudy. And they broke their fast, believing the sun has set. And then afterwards, the clouds went and the sun was still up. It was a mistake. So what they had to do? They had to go back to fasting. And complete the rest of the day. And there's nothing upon them because it wasn't intentional. It's better that a person should definitely pay off his or her debts before going to Hajj. But if a, let's just say a person went to Hajj and he didn't pay off his debts, does that affect his Hajj? No. But he still should pay off the debts. The Prophet said, Matulul Ghani Dhulm. The procrastination of the rich person is oppression. This hadith has two meanings. One meaning is that a person borrows money. He has the money to pay it back, but he delays it. That's oppression. You have the money to pay, pay. So the Prophet said, Matulul Ghani Right? The procrastination of the rich one, meaning the one who has the ability to pay back the money, is oppression. 
When you borrowed the money was given to you, give it back. The other understanding, matlul ghani dhulm, is that you find people don't pay back people who are rich. You borrow money from a rich person. You feel, well I ain't got to pay him back, he has a lot of money anyway. He's not going to miss this little bit of money. No, that's haram. Pay the person back. Don't count that person's money. You borrow money, you owe the person. Don't start saying, well, he's a millionaire. He's not worrying about $100 I borrowed from him. No, pay the back the $100, even if the person is rich. So to, de to, so to delay paying the person back, because the person is rich, this is oppression. So it's from both uh, meanings. Matlul ghani dhul. Tayyib, you have different categories of fasting. You have a som al wajib. You have the obligatory fast. Yani wajib bi asl shara'. Ay bi ghayri sababin min al mukallaf. Wa huwa som shahri Ramadan. One of the categories of the obligatory fast is that which is obligated by the origin of the legislation, meaning without a reason coming from the one who is accountable and responsible. And it is fasting in the month of Ramadan. And then you have wajib bi sababin min al mukallaf wa huwa sawmun nadr wal kafarat wal qada. And then you have fasting that is obligatory due to a reason that has come from the person, like a person who makes a vow to fast, or a person has to make an expiation for some deed or act, or a person has to make up the fast. And then you have the recommended uh, fasting. Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions, Ya ayyuhalladina amanu, kutiba alaykum usiyah. كَمَا كُتِبَا عَلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّكُونَ O you who believe, fasting has been obligated upon you and prescribed for you just as it was prescribed for the previous nations in order that you may attain the taqwa. So here number one, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا O you who believe, this shows that fasting is from iman. الصوم من الإيمان لأن الله عز وجل يقول يا أيها الذين آمنوا أو يه بليف. The second matter كتب عليكم الصيام كما كتب على الذين من قبلكم. Fasting has been obligated upon you just as it was obligated upon those before you. يعني الصوم من رسول العبادات. Fasting is from the fundamentals of worship, just like. Salah and zakat, fasting also is from that. And hajj, what Allah Azza wa Jalla mentions, وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِسِينَ لَهُ دِينَ حُنَفَاءَ وَيُقِيمُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَيُتُوا الزَّكَاةَ وَذَلِكَ الدِّينُ الْقَيِّمَةَ And they, meaning, يعني السابق, يعني السابقون, يعني من قبر رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم, وَمَا أُمِرُوا meaning those nations before. The Prophet ﷺ, they were not commanded except to worship Allah alone, sincerely, making the deen for him as hunafaz, monotheist, and to establish the prayer, and to pay zakat. So the previous nations had to pray, and they had to pay zakat. Likewise, they had to fast. So now we, 
as the followers, we are the last of the nations, we are the 70th nation, we have the same obligations. Prayer, zakat, and salah, zakat, siyam, and hajj. So these are the origins. When you find that an act of worship was present amongst the previous nations, and then we also have to do, this is from the fundamentals of worship. The last matter, لَعَلَكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ At-taqwa يَلْغَايَ The taqwa is the, the aim or the goal behind the fast. In order that you may attain the piety. And the taqwa is a shield, is a protection. As the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, As-Sawm Jannah that the fasting is a shield, the fasting is a protection. And this is from the benefits of fasting, that a person will attain taqwa when he fasts for the sake of Allah. That a person will have a protection in the shield when he fasts for the sake of Allah. We have a narration on Abi Umama al-Bahili radiyallahu an qala qultu ya Rasulullah مُرْنِي بِأَمْرٍ يَنْفَعُنِيَ اللَّهُ بِهِ قَالَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ عَلَيْكَ بِالصَّوْمِ فَإِنَّهُ لَا مِثْلَ لَهُ Abu Umama, may Allah be pleased with him, he said, I said, O Messenger of Allah, command me with a commandment that Allah will benefit me with it. The Prophet ﷺ said to him, Upon you is fasting, for indeed is nothing like it. So fasting is from the best of the acts of ibadah. Fasting is, in Ramadan, is a pillar from the pillars of Islam. People don't know how tremendous the virtues of fasting are. In the month of Ramadan, if Allah allows you to reach this month of Ramadan, this is a great blessing from Allah upon the one who reaches the month of Ramadan. You know, we want to try to make this Ramadan better than the last Ramadan. If we didn't finish the Qur'an last year, let's try to finish the Qur'an this year. If we did finish the Qur'an last year once, let's try to do it two times this year. If we prayed 20 nights out of the nights of Ramadan, let's try to do all of the nights this year. The point of the shahid, try to be better in your ibadah this Ramadan. We have the narration on Abi Hurairah radiallahu an Qala qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Qala Allahu azza wa jal Kullu amali bini adam lahu illa sawm Fa'innahu li wa ana ajzi bihi Abu Hurairah radiallahu an He mentioned that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said That Allah said in al-hadith al-Qudsi All of the acts of the child of Adam are for him except for fasting. For indeed the fasting is for me and I reward with it. All of the acts of ibadah are for Allah. Right? All of them. But what's the meaning here? For Allah. 
Allah says, fasting is for me, I reward for it. So the salat is not for Allah? Qul inna salati wa nusuki wa mahyaya wa mamati lillahi rabbil alameen. Say indeed, my prayer, my sacrifice, my life and my death is for Allah, the law of the creation. So it was, but here Allah says, فَإِنَّهُ لِي وَأَنَا أَجْزِي بِهِ What's the point here? What's the meaning of this? Allah rewards for all of the good that we do. Yes. That's one aspect. It's a good point. That fasting is one of those acts of worship that are hidden. Because normally, outside of Ramadan, if a person is fasting, it's because it's of the Monday or Thursday or the white days, no one normally would know the person is fasting just by looking at him outwardly. But you can tell when the person is mix, making salah. You can tell when the person is paying, paying the zakat, as an example. It's seen, the person is paying the zakat. Or when the person is making hajj. These acts of worship can be seen. As for the siyam, it's like a secret between you and Allah. So there's some special characteristics that fasting has that the other acts of worship don't have. The scholars they mention, فَجَعَلَ اللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ الصَّوْمَ لَهُ وَالْمَعْنَى أَنَّ الصَّوْمَ يَخْتَصُّهُ اللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى مِنْ بَيْنِ سَائِرِ الْأَعْمَالِ لِأَنَّهُ أَعْذَمُ الْعِبَادَاتِ إطلاقاً فَإِنَّهُ سِرٌ بَيْنَ الْإِنسَانِ وَرَبِّهِ فَالْإِنسَانِ لَا يُعْلَمْ هَلْ هُوَ صَائِمْ أَوْ أَمْ مُفْتِرٌ إذن نيته باطنة فلذلك كان أعظم إخلاصا فاختصه الله سبحانه من بين سائر الأعمال تعظيما لقدره الله عز وجل والله سبحانه وتعالى he made fasting for him the meaning is Allah designates fasting between all of the different acts of worship. Allah singles it out. Why? Because it is from the greatest of the acts of worship unrestrictedly. Why? Because it is a secret. Fasting is a secret between the person and his Lord. So when a person is fasting, it is not known whether he's fasting or he's not fasting. So you see how special this act of ibadah is? Therefore his intentions are hidden. So for that reason, the fasting is greater as it relates to sincerity. Normally, no one knows you're fasting unless you say you're fasting. Right? Like the ulama, they mentioned the story of the man was praying. And he had like a beautiful qira'ah. And the people were, and the nas yuthnuna alayhi. They said, MashaAllah, qira'atu tayyibah. You know, his recitation is good, his salah is good. And they say he turned around, he said, وَأَنَا صَائِمْ كَذَلِكَ 
<laughs> I'm fasting too, right? Normally nobody, nobody don't see a person's fast. Fasting is hidden. But from it being a hidden act, more than likely there is sincerity in it. And not to say that a person doesn't have ikhlas in his salah or ikhlas in his pain of zakat, ikhlas or making hajj. But normally that, that's a hidden act. Afwan? Ahsan, jazakallah khayran. And that's the taqwa that is attained from the siyam that it improves your behavior. It disciplines you. So the shaykh, or the scholars they say, so for this reason fasting is greater as it relates to sincerity. So Allah singled out fasting from amongst the different acts of worship, magnifying the status of fasting. Also the scholars mention, that the three categories of patients come together in the matter of fasting. This is from the benefits of fasting. وَهِيَا الصَّبْرُ عَلَى طَاعَةِ اللَّهِ وَأَنْ مَعْسِيَةِ اللَّهِ وَعَلَى أَقْدَارِهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى In the three categories of patience that are within the fast, patience upon the obedience of Allah, patience in keeping away from the disobedience of Allah, and then patience upon that which Allah has decreed to happen to you, or for you to experience as, a, as it relates to your fasting. As for the first, فَهُوَ صَبْرٌ عَلَى طَاعَةِ اللَّهِ لِأَنَّ الْإِنسَانِ يَصْبِرُ عَلَى هَذِهِ الطَّاعَةِ وَيَفْعَلُهَا وَيَسْتَمِرُ فِيهَا That the person, he has patience upon the obedience of Allah, and he is carrying it out and he's doing it consistently. He doesn't stop it. He fasts the time he's supposed to fast. So he's refraining. He has imsaq. So this is sabr here. In, his, in him continuing his fast and not breaking his fast. Then you have sabrun and ma'asiyatillah. لأنه يتجنب ما يحرم عليه لأنه صائم. Then you have patience in keeping away from the disobedience of Allah because he keeps away from that which is prohibited upon him because he is fasting. Like the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, من لم يدع قول الزور والعمل بي فَلَيْسَ لِلَّهِ حَاجَةً أَنْ يَدَعْ طَعَامَهُ وَالشَّرَابَهُ وَكَمَا قَالَ صلى الله عليه وسلم That whoever does not leave off false speech and acting in accordance to falsehood, meaning during the fast, then Allah is not in need of him leaving off his food and drink. Because fasting is more than just not eating and not drinking. Fasting is about attaining piety, disciplining your soul. Fasting is about... Uh, worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fasting is not just not eating and not drinking. But yet you're still indulging in the muharramat. No. We also must make fast from the haram. Just like we not, we're fasting from food and drink and uh, enjoying our lawful spouses and fulfilling our desires. And those things are lawful for us. But the muharramat, they're haram. 
in Ramadan and outside of Ramadan, but especially when you are fasting, is more serious. So it's a must that a person has patience in keeping away from the haram. وَالصَّبْرٌ عَلَىٰ أَقْدَارِ اللَّهِ الْمُؤْلِمَةِ لِأَنَّ الصَّائِمْ يُصِيبُهُ أَلَمْ بِالْجُعْءِ وَضَعْفِ النَّفْسِ فَلِهَذَا كَانَ الصَّوْمِ مِنْ أَعْلَىٰ أَنْوَعِ الصَّبْرِ لِأَنَّهُ جَامِعٌ بَيْنَ الْأَنْوَعِ الثَّلَاثَةِ وَقَدْ قَالَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَىٰ إِنَّمَا يُوَفَّى الصَّابِرُونَ أَجْرَهُمْ بِغَيْرِ حِسَابِ قَالَ بَعْدَ الْمُفَسِّرِينَ الصَّابِرُونَ هُنَا الصَّائِمُونَ إِنَّمَا يُوَفَّى الصَّابِرُونَ يعني إِنَّمَا يُوَفَّى الصَّائِمُونَ أَجْرَهُمْ بِغَيْرِ حِسَابٍ So the scholars they say, then you have patience upon the decrees of Allah which someone experiences some difficulty. And hardships. Because when a person is fasting, he experiences hunger. Right? Yusibuhu alam bil He feels the pain of thirst, dry mouth. And other than that, these are things that happen as a result of the fasting. So you're patient upon that. Sometimes as you're fasting, you get weak. And the proof that fasting can weaken you physically. The Prophet ﷺ mentioned for the ones, the youth who do not have the ability to get married, and this is not just for the youth, it's for anyone. وَمَنْ لَمْ يَسْتَتِعْ فَعَلَيْهِ بِالصَّوْمِ فَإِنَّهُ لَهُ وِجَاهِ And whoever does not have the ability to get married upon him is fasting, for indeed it will be a protection for him. Him fasting will lessen his desires. Also, and one of the times the Prophet ﷺ was going out to a military expedition, the people were fasting, the Prophet commanded them to break their fast. Because they were about to meet their adversaries, meaning to strengthen their bodies. Stop fasting, so that you can get your strength up. So fasting can weaken a person physically. But a person has suffered upon that which comes as a, as a result of the act of ibadah. So the scholars, they say, for this reason, fasting is from the greatest categories of patience. Because it consists of all three categories of patience. And Allah Azza wa Jal, He stated, indeed, those who are patient will be given their reward without reckoning. Some of the scholars of tafsir, they say, those who are patient, meaning those who are fasting. Because look, we have the other hadith, فَإِنَّهُ لِي وَأَنَا أَجْزِي بِهِ Allah says, fasting is for me, I will re- reward for it. The ayah says, إِنَّمَا يُوَفَّ الصَّابِرُونَ أَجْرَهُمْ بِغَيْرِ حِسَابِ Yani Allah has a special reward for the sabr, yani the song, the fasting. Huh? Tomorrow? Yes, Thursday. Yes. Tomorrow is a day of fasting. Tayyip. Final.
and uh, to inform them, but this is the last class before Ramadan. There's no class next week. And there will be a schedule uh, that's different. Same here, inshallah, on Wednesdays. Uh, today is the last class, and then there will be a schedule that the, uh, the administration will put out, letting the people know when there will be the talks during the month of Ramadan. But as for the class, we'll be covering the 40 hadith. Today is the last class. Okay? Barakallah uh, Mentioning some more of the virtues of fasting, and this is a means of encouraging the people to fast. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he mentioned in this hadith is on Hudayfa ibn Yaman. Qala an-nabiy sallallahu alayhi wasallam fitnatu ar-rajul fi ahlihi wa malihi wa waladihi wa jarihi tukaffiruha as-salah wa as-sawm hadha huwa shahid wa as-sawm wa as-sadaqa wa al-amru wa an-nahi وفي لاف والأمر بالمعروف والنهي عن المنكر. حذيفة ابن يمان he mentioned that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he stated that the trials and tribulations that a man goes through as it relates to his family, as it relates to his wealth, as it relates to his children, as it relates to his neighbor, these matters are expiated by way of the prayer, fasting, and that's the point. Fasting removes your sins and removes the trials and tribulations. And sadaqah and the commanding of that which is good and forbidding that which is evil. We have the narration of Sahal ibn Sa'ad radiallahu an. Qala qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Inna fil jannah baban yuqal lahu rayyan. يَدْخُلُ مِنْهُ الصَّائِمُونَ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ لَا يَدْخُلُ مِنْهُ أَحَدٌ غَيْرُهُمْ يُقَالْ أَيْنَ الصَّائِمُونَ فَيَقُومُونَ لَا يَدْخُلُ مِنْهُ أَحَدٌ غَيْرُهُمْ فَإِذَا دَخَلَ آخِرُهُمْ أُغْلِقَ فَلَمْ يَدْخُلْ مِنْهُ أَحَدٌ وفي رواية للبخاري في الجنة ثمانية أبواب فيها باب يسمى الريان لا يدخله إلا الصائمون. سهل بن سعد رضي الله عنه mentioned that the messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم he stated that certainly in the paradise there is a door that is named الريان and those who fasted they will enter into this gate or this door. And no one other than them will enter into this gate. It will be said, where are the people who used to fast? So then they will stand up. And no one other than them will go into this gate. So when the last of the people who fasted enters into the gate, it will be locked. It will be closed. And then no one after them will enter into this gate. Another narration or wording in the Sahih of Imam Bukhari, the Prophet ﷺ said, In paradise there are eight gates. And one of these gates is named Ar-Rayyan, and no one will enter into it except for the fasting people. The last narration, An Abi Hurairah radiallahu an, Qala qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Lissa'an farhatan yafrahahuma. إذا أفطر فرحا وإذا لقي ربه فرحا بصومه
Abu Huraira mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ, he said that the fasting person has two times of happiness. Happiness at the time when he breaks his fast and happiness when he meets his Lord or happiness due to his fast when he meets his Lord. Why is the person happy at the time of breaking the fast? And please don't say the obvious. We know it because of the food. What's the other reason? Huh? I sent. That's what it is. The person is happy that he got through the day of worship. That he completed the act of ibadah. That's a ni'mah from Allah. That you were able to complete an act of worship. So the person is happy because he completed the day of fasting. Yes, of course. The chicken biryani smells good, right? Can't wait, right? The dibi lamb smells good, right? Can't wait. Yes, we are happy, ready to eat. Like a child, you know when a child, you know the food is coming, they sit and they're kicking their feet. Everybody's happy when it's like five minutes before iftar, right? Early in the day, people grumpy. Salaam alaikum, salam. You know, they... But soon as that time come, everybody's smiling. Salaam alaikum, alaikum salam. Yes, alhamdulillah. This is human nature. So people are happy at the time of breaking the fast. And then the other time is when the person meets his Lord. You know, on the day of judgment, the person will be happy with his fast because Allah has a special reward for the fast. Inshallah ta'ala, this is the end of uh, this narration. And we pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows us to reach the month of Ramadan and allow us to worship in this blessed month of Ramadan. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make this in our scales of good on the day of judgment. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anfus